BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And welcome to the water cooler, everybody. Thanks for being here. I'm David Brody. It's Wednesday, May 12th, 2021. It's now official. Liz Cheney no longer in GOP leadership. Her fellow Republicans said, see you later. And they did it by voice vote. In other words, it was pretty much unanimous. No surprise here whatsoever. Uh, I do know that O.J. Simpson likes her, so maybe she can land a leadership position with him. Uh, or maybe she and Romney can go on a rhino across America tour. I mean, think about it. The possibility is endless for Liz Cheney at this point. As for her reaction to today's vote, well, she took yet another swipe at former President Trump. I uh, will do uh, everything I can to ensure uh, that uh, the former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office. Yeah, okay. Here, cheers to that, Liz. Good for you. Uh, Thanks for those wonderful words of wisdom, by the way. Uh, Hey, I want to let you know, we spotted Liz Cheney after today's vote, uh, you know, where they got rid of her. We actually found her uh, wandering uh, in the wilderness. There there she is, uh, like the book of Exodus, kind of like Moses, but not really like Moses because Moses had great leadership ability. (sighs) Anyhow, uh, there she is. Impressive walking stick, by the way. She's going to need it because she's going to be in the GOP wilderness for like forever. Uh, And also glad to see she has the mask on, uh, by the way, because I'm sure Dr. Fauci would say that, hey, you never know. You could get COVID if you're all by yourself in the wilderness. I mean, isn't that what COVID, COVID, (laughs) COVID, that's Fauci and COVID. I called him COVID. Anyhow. All right. Kudos to our wonderful water cooler team who was able to track her down. Not easy to do. We're on top of it. Also on top of it, uh, take a wild guess. Uh, POTUS 45. He's always ready with a eloquent statement, as he would say. Here is what he said today about the vote. It reads in part, Liz Cheney is a bitter, horrible human being. I watched her yesterday and realized how bad she is for the Republican Party. She has no personality or anything good having to do with politics or our country. I look forward to soon watching her as a paid contributor on CNN or MSDNC. Ah, Donald Trump. He sure does have a way with words. He's like a poet with a chainsaw. All right, let's bring in our first guest. Uh, Honored to have with us a a woman who has come to D.C. and has shook things up. She's a swamp shaker. Uh, You've heard of Don't Mess With Texas. Well, how about Don't Mess With Lauren Boebert, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, with us now in the water cooler. Congresswoman, thrilled to have you with us. Thanks so much, David. It's great to be here today. Well, uh, on Liz Cheney, uh, what's the message that's being sent uh, to her and to the country, really? Well, I I saw her briefly this morning and, you know, just uh, thinking about this conference chair position, I kind of wanted to go up to her and say, what is it you do here again? (laughs) Look, the American people don't care about the Republican conference chair. This isn't something that comes up when I go back home and I'm hearing about top issues from Americans. And uh, Liz Cheney, she certainly got her eye off the prize. And instead of how to advance conservative agendas, she was she was focused on how to tear down conservative leaders back home. People want to know who is leading on the issues. And that's folks like 
Thomas Massey, who I co-chair the Second Amendment Caucus with, he's leading on Second Amendment uh, issues. We have Congressman Chip Roy leading on energy issues. And I'm proud to have a discharge petition with my bill uh, that, that he and I have put forward so we can actually force Nancy Pelosi's hand uh, to, uh, to a vote on the House floor. We have Congressman Andy Biggs who, Biggs, who is leading the charge on the border. And I am proud to have partnered with each and every one of these uh, great folks. So Liz is out of there. And as far as who is conference chair next, uh, I, I'm looking to the people on what issues they want us to lead as an entire party on. And that's my focus. Yeah. And so I was going to ask you, because Elise Stefanik, she's poised to take uh, Cheney's place, but she's not as conservative as Liz. So how do, how does, how do you reconcile that uh, exactly? We won't always agree on tactics. We won't always agree on personalities. But as Republicans, we should unite, unite around conservative policies. All Republicans know when we campaign as conservatives, we win elections. But when we legislate as conservatives, the people win. The policies we ran on, tax cuts, deregulation, pro-life, pro-family, pro-American energy job, border security, this is what should unite us and is uh, in our conference chair should champion around. Um, unfortunately, I haven't seen uh, the background to line up to those things um, with a potential next chair, uh, but maybe with, with the ear of uh, the president, something can, could change there. Yeah. I want to ask you real quick, a Biden, uh, the president meeting with House and Senate leadership on this infrastructure bill today at the White House. What's your sense on this infrastructure stuff? What's possible here from Republicans and what, what's not here? So this infrastructure bill um, is absolutely a disaster. Um, it, it's just more wasteful spending. I have um, an infrastructure bill that I have introduced that actually tackles the, the infrastructure issue here in America. And uh, it's the American Infrastructure Modernization Act, the AIM Act. And what we do is we take $650 billion of the unspent COVID money and use it to purchase infrastructure, to, to fund infrastructure, um, rather than having a Democrat wish list, just like we did with uh, the American Rescue Plan, the $1.9 trillion that was supposed to go to COVID relief, but less than 9% of it went to anything COVID health related. And now we're seeing this uh, uh, way beyond $2 trillion in spending for infrastructure yeah. um, that has nothing to do with our roads and our bridges. So we need uh, real solutions that actually work. Uh, Congresswoman, I want to ask you about the Biden administration. I mean, got to give them credit. They have their own version of Operation Warp Speed. Uh, they've been very good at it. In other words, they've taken Trump's policies. They reversed them at like warp speed. I mean, uh, jobs, energy policy. We got gas shortages, the border, Middle East. I mean, what has happened here uh, exactly in the first, uh, what has it been, uh, 100 days plus of this administration? The Biden regime is destroying America, and I'm a little jealous of your line there. I wish I would have thought of that one. <laughs> um, they are re reversing uh, the, the Trump policies in warp speed. Uh, but I mean, just look at what's going on uh, w with the pipeline that we're seeing. These hackers would have, wouldn't have dared attack Americans' infrastructure under President Trump. Weak leadership invites bad actors to see what they can get away with, and everyday Americans are paying the price literally at the pump. They're even going to blows at the pump. We are seeing people get into fist fights, waiting in lines for uh, the, for, for gas. It's clearly in uh, a shortage. And it's absurd. Uh, the most powerful country on the planet has a gas shortage because one pipeline was hacked. We sure could use a backup plan, like let's say the Keystone XL pipeline. Too bad the Biden regime and the Amer their America 
last policies canceled that project and weakened America in the process. Yeah, and by the way, let me let me give you audio copyright courtesy now. To you feel free to use that line in the future, the Operation Warp Speed. I, you know, we're friendly here. We're friendly here. Hey, uh, regarding Israel and the violence uh, happening in Jerusalem, we have seen uh, Congresswoman Ilan Omar come out. Uh, she's called Israel's moves uh, acts of terrorism. I mean, what is your message to Congresswoman Omar here? Uh, she needs to decide if she's going to be a congresswoman or if she's going to be a, a propagandist uh, for, for these terrorists. Uh, Israel is our greatest ally, and we need to stand with them, and they are absolutely under attack right now. And to make any excuse and to say otherwise uh, is, is frankly disgusting. Um, I, I stand with Israel. I pray for Israel. And uh, what this would have never happened under strong leadership. Our leadership in America is so weak right now. And uh, I, I can't believe how many Democrats are just going alongside of this. Their party has been absolutely hijacked by this progressive agenda who is now standing with state uh, terrorist sponsors, state sponsors of terrorists. The terrorism, this is um, absolutely out of control. And uh, I, I, we need strong leadership again. We would have never seen this in the Trump administration. We had peace in the Middle East under the Trump administration. And now in just 100 days, um, here we are uh, with uh, rockets flying in the sky and attacking our greatest ally. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you made of the, this idea that under Trump, the, the money stopped flowing to, to the Palestinian Authority. And then with Biden, he opened up the, uh, the, the money chain, if you will, again. Yes, and we're seeing what they're spending that money on. Uh, those, that, that, those dollars are flying high over the sky in, uh, into Israel and uh, killing uh, innocent people. Um, this is, uh, this yeah. is really unfortunate. You know, we, we have a lot of folks who are looking at Biden who actually supported him and said, gosh, I really thought he was a good guy. Uh, they were deceived. Uh, we tried to be upfront uh, during the campaign and let them know the true agenda that when he got into office, it would be completely progressive. And look, the squad is rejoicing at uh, the progressive agenda that he is promoting and pushing. None of the crises that are taking place are being addressed on a daily basis. We say, where's Biden? We ask where the vice president it is. Where is Kamala when it comes to the border issue? They are completely absent when it comes to real issues that are taking place in America and across the, the, the globe. Uh, and, and instead, they just want to extend unemployment benefits and, and uh, keep people at home sitting on their couches while we have millions of jobs available. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, always great to have you on the show. Really hope you'll come back. Uh, fantastic. We really appreciate you. Awesome. Thank you so much, David. All right. Uh, I tell you what, uh, don't mess with Lauren Boebert. She's been under a lot of attacks uh, by the liberal media. And you know what? This is her message to that. Let's go. Let's go. Like if she got, I, I'm channeling my inner New York. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm doing that. Let's go. Come on, bring it on. Bring it on. You know what? Don't mess with her. Anyhow, you got a little taste of that, a little glimpse of that today on the water cooler. We, we hope she'll come back. All right. Uh, when we come back, more on the anti-Semitism from the far left. We're going to discuss this more with Alan Dershowitz uh, and later in the show, Mark Meckler. It's going to be about Elon Omar and some of these crazy tweets we're seeing from an anti-Semitic standpoint. Stick around. We're back in a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. 
Priceline. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. I'm going to try to stay objective, but my goodness, enough with the anti-Semitic stuff coming from the far left at the Democrat Party. I'm sorry. I'm already emotional, and I'm 10 seconds into this uh, segment. Uh, We're going to talk more about that in a moment with Alan Dershowitz. Here's the New York Post headline. Uh, Congresswoman Ilan Omar accuses Israel of terrorism. Really? Uh, Don't get me started. Following airstrikes on Gaza. uh, This is the tweet they're talking about. Elon Omar tweeted this. Israeli airstrikes killing civilians in Gaza is an act of terrorism. Palestinians deserve protection. Unlike Israel, missile defense programs such as Iron Dome don't exist to protect Palestinian uh, civilians. It's unconscionable to not condemn these attacks. And she goes on. I, 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 don't, I can't even go there. All right. Uh, well, Alan Dershowitz is going to go there. He is the uh, author uh, of the uh, new book, uh, and it's a wonderful new book, The Case Against the New Censorship, Protecting Free Speech from Big Tech Progressives and Universities, and also, of course, host of, there it is, The Dersh Show. Alan Dershowitz, uh, can I say the man, the myth, the legend, joins us now. Hi, Alan. Hey, how are you? I'll tell you what's going on now has really proved the thesis of my book, The Case Against the New Censorship. Mm-hmm. You have Twitter and Facebook and YouTube having the most outrageous anti-Semitic tweets. There's one tweet that quotes Hitler saying, uh, I killed most of the Jews. I kept some of them alive uh, so that the world will see why I killed the rest of them. You have another tweet saying, I'm the new Hitler. I'm going to defend Palestine. You have another one saying, Israel isn't a real state. So think about this for a second. They take down Donald Trump. They take down uh, uh, Bobby Kennedy on uh, the vaccine, and they keep this up. Now, keep keeping this up suggests that this is true, that these social media have made a determination to distinguish between truth and falsity. They take down the false stuff and they keep up the true stuff. So what they're doing is they're basically certifying the truth of all these anti-Semitic tweets that they keep up. And that's the danger of selective censorship. And so the most untruthful thing that now appears in the social media is their certification of the truthfulness of the false information they keep up when they take down other stuff. And we are bought a bill of goods, if you will, or or actually sold a bill of goods, this idea that they're the moral police, that they're trying to protect you against, you know, election, you know, voter fraud, uh, conspiracy stuff by Trump. But then they've got the leader of Hamas on Twitter saying to God be the glory for a strike against Israel. I mean, what in the world is that all about? Well, it's not a strike against Israel. It's a strike against Israeli children, against Israeli others, against Israeli hospitals, schools. They target civilians. Look, Hamas has a playbook. It's been doing this now for over 20 years. Whenever they want something, they start a fight with Israel. They build terror tunnels. They send incendiary bombs. They attack school buses. They fire on Jerusalem. They cause the closing of the Israeli airport. And then Israel retaliates. And when Israel retaliates, the world condemns it. And so they win. They're trying to destroy the Abraham Accords. And so they start a war, basically. Israel responds. And now they're trying to push the Sunni Arab countries away from Israel. And people like the the squad members and Bernie Sanders encourage this. And the United Nations, the International Criminal Court, and the people on the hard left among the Democratic Party, they encourage this. They're the ones who are to blame for what Hamas is doing and for the deaths that have been caused, because they're basically saying to Hamas, keep doing it. We're on your side. We have your back. 
we will defend you. Yeah. And then and Facebook come in and say, don't worry, we'll keep the tweets that are in your favor up and we'll take the tweets down that are against you. So for Hamas, it's a win, win, win. Yeah, they sacrifice some people, but they regard them as and martyrs. And so mm -hmm. this will continue. I wrote a book about this a long yeah. time ago called Case for Moral Clarity, in which I argued that this will never end as long as the world always comes in and defends Hamas whenever they attack Israel and Israel responds in self-defense. I have to give uh, Joe Biden credit, though, President Biden credit. He did say Israel does have the right of self-defense and that the United States will always stand by Israel's right of self-defense. That's very important. Uh, look, if it were President Trump, he'd be saying something more strongly to Israel. But I'm not going to condemn President Biden. Well, at this point, he has come out and said that. I, you would expect an American president to say that about our staunch ally Israel. I mean, so it's, it's not like it's we should give him too much credit for this. But at the same time, Alan, uh, he has cut or excuse me, he as in Trump cut off funding to some of the to the Palestinians right. back in the day. And now Biden is kind of opening that back up. Look, they've got to feel enabled or, or at least uh, emboldened, I should say, the Palestinians have got to feel, Hamas has got to feel good that Biden is president. I'm sorry instead of Trump? Well, look, I think uh, every uh, anti-Israel person is uh, pleased with the fact that Trump isn't president. Uh, let's wait and see what Biden uh, does. Mm -hmm. uh, let's keep an open mind about it. I've taken a position over the last 60 years, whoever's the president, I support them. I yeah. love America. I will always support our president, presumptively. Mm -hmm. If the president loses my support, as President Obama did, when he signed the Iran deal and when he allowed the UN resolution condemning Israel's uh, maintenance of control over the over uh, the, the holiest places in, in Jerusalem, over the Western Wall and the Jewish Quarter. He lost my faith and I condemned him. But I start by supporting every president and hoping for their success. Uh, Alan, I've got less than a minute left. I know you can write a 12-page thesis on this, a 30-page thesis, but how did the Democrat Party, at least the far left of the Democrat Party, get here with the Ilan Omars and the Bernie Sanders and Rashida Tlaib? What, what has happened here? How did that anti-Semitism creep in like this and it's now kind of full frontal, if you will? It's all universities for the last 25 years the universities have been propagandizing anti-Israel and sometimes anti-Semitic material, and they teach the future leaders. So it's inevitable that the people who went to university 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and now are going to turn out being very anti-Israel. The polls show that, and we have to do something about it. My only regret about having retired from Harvard seven years ago is I'm not there on campus to fight back. When I was there to fight back, I was quite effective in preventing Harvard from turning against Israel. Today, there are very few voices among academics that stand up for Israel because the one thing professors with tenure are famous for, lack of courage. <laughs> Alan Dershowitz, great to have you on the show as always. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Alan Dershowitz, uh, you know, uh, very, very truthful uh, words coming from him. And look, you, you do have to give Biden at this point, the benefit of the doubt, let's see where he goes with this. He's out with a statement so far so good, but the actions behind the statement are concerning as it relates to funding of the Palestinians uh, in this administration. That's the concern. You know, the words sound okay. What are the actions? That's extremely important. It's the exact opposite with Trump when he was like uh, a little crazy with the words, but the actions spot on back in a moment. 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. I'd love to show you some video of Joe Biden actually saying he supports Israel and he's defending Israel about what Hamas has done to Israel in the last, what is it, week or so. Uh, there's no video of that. Uh, instead, we have Jen Psaki reading a statement from the White House. Uh, here is this uh, lame attempt. Have a look. On the situation in Jerusalem and Gaza, the president has been briefed daily on developments in Jerusalem and Gaza. He just received another update before I came out here from the National Security Advisor. Since last week, he has directed his team to engage intensively with senior Israeli and Palestinian officials, as well as leaders throughout the Middle East. His team is communicating a clear and consistent message in support of de-escalation, and that is our primary focus. The president's support for Israel's security, for its legitimate right to defend itself, and its people is fundamental and will never waver. We condemn ongoing rocket attacks by Hamas and other terrorist groups, including against Jerusalem. We also stand against extremism that has inflicted violence on both communities. Jerusalem, a city of such importance to people of faith around the world, must be a place of coexistence. It is up to the officials, residents, and leaders to restore the city to a place of calm. Uh, the president and his team will continue to pursue. Blah, blah, dot, dot, dot. Blah. Let's bring in Mark Meckler, uh, interim CEO of Parler, uh, but uh, takes a very active interest in this issue when it comes to supporting Israel. And Mark, uh, thanks for being here. I want you to kind of take us through. Uh, you're here kind of to, to talk about the, the Israeli issue and a lot of the anti-Semitism we're seeing. Why don't you give us a little bit of your perspective on this based on some of your background and, and, and the frustration that you're seeing out there? Sure. I mean, just to give you a little bit of background, I'm a Jewish Christian, very tightly tied to Israel. I have a lot of friends in Israel. Over the last couple of days, I've been getting text messages, telegram messages, people showing me their situation, their kids sleeping in bomb shelters. I think it's very difficult for the average American to understand what it's like for the average Israeli. It is a tiny country. You've got from central to southern Israel now under the threat of rocket attack. Imagine not being able to send your kids to school or going out in public knowing that within 30 seconds to a minute you need to be in a bomb shelter. This is the life that Israelis are living. And when Jen Psaki talks about their focuses on de-escalation, I'd like to know who de-escalation is. Because really the focus should be on the terrorist organization, Hamas, that launched these rocket attacks unprovoked all over Israel. This is terrorism. terrorism Plain and simple. Well, 100%. Why, why Jen Psaki didn't, from that White House podium, call out Hamas directly, actually name Hamas? And plus, she mentioned a clear and concise message. Uh, well, look, the clear and concise message uh, coming from this administration is they're, they're emboldening Hamas with, with the, the, the money that Trump stopped giving to the Palestinians. And now the Biden administration has kind of opened the floodgates. I mean, Hamas has got to feel emboldened under this administration. Yeah, the Biden administration has done not only symbolic maneuvers, but they've re-engaged Iran. They're allowing the cash flow to go back to Iran, the cash to flow to Hamas, to the Palestinian Authority, into the West Bank, into Gaza. And that money, though allegedly targeted for humanitarian reasons, we all know money is fungible. Hundreds of millions of dollars, now I believe it's over $150 million have flowed to the Palestinian terrorists who are now using that money to buy weapons to attack Israel. 
The only methodology that works for preserving peace between Israel and the Palestinians is a strong Israeli state that is free and unfettered to defend itself. For sure. Mark, I want to talk about the social media aspect of all this. Obviously, you're the interim CEO of Parler. What has been going on on Twitter has been uh, disgusting, honestly. And I'd like to get your comments about some of the hate we're seeing, the anti-Semitic hate uh, on this. Look at the, for example, uh, on the Hamas uh, leader here uh, tweeting out, this is, he's tweeting this stuff out, the bombing of Tel Aviv and the oil pipeline facility between Ashkelon and Eliot. God is great and glorious to God alone. What, why is that not being taken down? Where is Jack Dorsey? What, what, what is happening here? You know, Trump has all of this stuff taken down. He's banned off of Twitter. Why is the leader of Hamas allowed to get away with this stuff? I would say because if you want to look at the modern American left now, anti-Semitism, open Jew hatred, hatred of Israel are absolutely now completely aligned with uh, leftism in the United States of America and frankly around the world. And so what you're seeing is open anti-Semitism, open Jew hatred, break out on the radical left, supported by the social media giants. They kicked Donald Trump off for, quote unquote, inciting violence. Well, here's a direct celebration of violence, called violence, Jews actually dying in Israel because of what these Palestinian leaders are doing. And they are free to tweet and post on Facebook and Instagram and whatever else they want to do. It's nothing less than worldwide anti-Semitism. You know, we saw some of that on display on Twitter with Elon Omar uh, with some of her tweets in the last 24 to 48 hours or so calling uh, actual, and there's the tweet by her, uh, talking about how Israel has been committing acts of terrorism. I mean, the, the fact that Nancy Pelosi and Democrat leadership, uh, Chuck Schumer, they, they just let let people like this get away with that type of stuff. And they say they're big supporters of Israel, you know, leadership in Pelosi and Schumer. Why are they not saying they're silent? Absolutely silent. Yeah. And Ilhan Omar has a long series of anti-Semitic uh, stuff that she said that she's done. She's been called out by the Jewish community repeatedly. She supposedly made amends when she says there's no Iron Dome for the Palestinian people. There is actually an infallible Iron Dome for the Palestinian people. It's called don't launch rockets at innocent civilians in <laughs> Israel, and Israel won't launch rockets at you. It's infallible. It never fails. If they would just leave the Israelis to live in peace, they wouldn't have to defend themselves at all. And they actually, I mean, if you, if you kind of go into the country, uh, you know, I know you've been there, I've been there. I mean, look, the, the Palestinians, when I say are treated well, I mean, the Israelis kind of bent over backwards to, to, to try to figure out a way to kind of live peacefully. Yeah, if you go there and like you've been there, I've been there, the hospitals are provided by the Israelis, the medical supplies, the water, the electricity, all of that provided by Israelis in the Palestinian territories. When when the territories were turned over to the Palestinians, the Palestinians burnt everything that was turned over to the ground. Beautiful greenhouses, housing. It's incredible what they did. They have their own people living in misery for the purpose of fomenting intifadas or terrorism against Israel. That's where this all comes from. Yeah, Mark Meckler, really appreciate your perspective on this. I know we have you on to normally talk about social media type stuff, but today uh, a bit different, but very glad to get your perspective. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Mark Meckler uh, there. Uh, by the way, great Skype shot. We always have to talk about the Skype shot. Love that Skype shot. Uh, very, very professional. Not that it matters, had nothing to do with the topic. By the way, speaking of this topic, uh, hey, Newsflash, when Hamas is launching those rockets, missiles, whatever you're calling, guess where they're launching them from? Next to the Palestinian Walmart, if you will. You know what I'm trying to say? In other words, civilian homes, 
businesses, places where there are just ordinary, innocent Palestinian people. They're not launching them from any sort of facility where no one can get hurt. They're purposefully launching them from civilian areas because, of course, when the retaliation comes, civilians die. And by the way, Hamas is using the Palestinian people as collateral. Disgusting and immoral. Where are you, Joe Biden? Back in a moment. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. The infrastructure bill uh, that is being discussed today at the White House. Joe Biden meeting with the top leaders in the House and the Senate. In other words, Kevin McCarthy, which, by the way, he hasn't he's never met, never met. He's never met with Kevin McCarthy since he's became president. Well, he did that today, along with Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell. The big four, the four horsemen. Ah, never mind. Check the biblical reference out on that one. They were there at the White House. Here's a little bit of that before they got going. You know, when I, when I ran, I said I wasn't going to be a Democratic president. I was going to be a president for all Americans. And what the bottom line here is, we're going to see whether we can reach some consensus on a compromise on moving forward. We're going to talk a lot about infrastructure today to see if there's any way we can reach a compromise that gets the people's work done and is within the bounds of everyone agreeing. And that's the purpose of this meeting. This is real simple stuff. The, the, the Republicans, and don't get me started on the fact that the Republicans want to spend about $800 billion on just infrastructure, but they're willing to do it. The Biden could just take the deal and say, hey, look, bipartisanship, why won't he do it? Because they want the whole two point whatever it is, four, seven, nine trillion dollar uh, enchilada because infrastructure no longer is just infrastructure. It's now infrastructure, social infrastructure and the whole nine yards. Anyhow, uh, that's we'll leave that for another day. Let's uh, bring in Rick Green, uh, founder of Patriot uh, Academy. Uh, Rick, uh, always good to have you back on the show, sir. Hey, David, good to be back, bro. Well, uh, we just talked about infrastructure, but I want to move on to this HR1. This was also yeah. uh, going on yesterday in committee. Uh, so, so what's your sense about the, Why don't you kind of reset for everybody? We've talked about it a lot here on the show, but explain the dangers of H.R. 1, Democrats, in essence, trying to federalize uh, the election process. Yeah, man, let's just back up a second and, and, and look at the big picture across the country. What the Democrats are claiming is that Republicans don't want people to vote. And what the Republicans are saying is, look, we want everybody to vote that is voting legally. We just want to make sure that your legal vote is not canceled out by an illegal vote. So we got to have some sort of verification process here. So things like voter ID just make good sense. In fact, 77% of the country agree that you ought to have a voter ID. Uh, whenever you, when you go vote, you should have to show a picture ID. But what the left is claiming is that somehow we're suppressing the vote whenever we have any requirements. Now listen, if one side is saying that what they want is a system where you can't verify who's voting and it's easier and easier to cheat, we should probably pause for a minute and say they might be up to no good. When the other side is saying, everybody, we want you to vote if you're legal. We just want to have some common sense verification processes in place. Those are probably the folks we should be supporting here. And so what's happening is the left is trying to take this over at the federal level and have Congress mandate to all of the states how they will do their elections and literally take from the states 
the ability to make the decisions with regard to voter ID and all these other verification processes. Now, David, you know I'm a Constitution guy. Right there in Article 1, Section 4, Paragraph 1, right there if I can point to it correctly, it says the states will determine these things. The only problem is the second half of the paragraph allows for the feds to step in in rare circumstances. That's what the federal government's trying to do here. That section, I actually support striking out of the Constitution. We need an amendment there in order to save our constitutional republic and save our election process. Uh, let's just hope that Joe Manchin and the Republicans uh, will stand firm, meaning Joe Manchin, the one Democrat that's saying he'll vote against this, will stand firm and prevent this takeover of our election process. Yeah, for sure. And, and just so we're clear, uh, th this, is, this would not be a budget reconciliation situation at this point. In other words, the only way H.R. 1 could get passed, you're going to need 60 votes. So therefore, they're thinking, my understanding is they're thinking of you got to eliminate the legislative filibuster. If you eliminate the legislative filibuster, then this passes, can pass on 50 votes if you get Manchin, D.C. statehood, the Equality Act, all the whole kit and caboodle, the kitchen sink, all of that. That's my understanding. Yeah, the floodgate opens up at that point. Uh, I mean, and, and you talk about raw power grab. It's like you were saying with, with Biden not being willing to do the $800 billion, which is still too much on infrastructure since most of it's not infrastructure. But they don't care. They, they want raw power. They, they, they're drunk on power right now, and they're grabbing it everywhere they can. Uh, so, yeah, they, they would love to get rid of the filibuster. These are the same people that just a couple of years ago we're talking about how the filibuster was this great part of our institutions and uh, protected the republic and made sure that everybody, all the stuff they used to say, and now it's somehow this evil thing. So they would love to get rid of it. And you just listed the laundry, some of the laundry list that they would do, but from DC yeah. statehood, I mean, it, it's a complete destruction of our system if they go that direction. Well, Rick, let me be clear. You are great television for sure. You got a great information and that personality is amazing. Now I have to play someone that has a little bit more of a dull personality, Mitch McConnell. I want to apologize to our audience right now. You'll never get this time in your life back. Uh, but, but here he is, cause he is the minority leader. I want, here's what he said about HR one at the committee yesterday. Have, have a listen. Why? Are our friends on the other side so desperate to push it through? Why are Democrats so hell-bent on doing whatever it takes to rewire our democracy on a thoroughly partisan basis? Let's take a look at the bill. This legislation will let Washington Democrats dictate the terms of their own re-election races by rewriting all 50 states' election laws. Popular safeguards, like voter ID, would be neutered. Ludicrous practices, like ballot harvesting, would be mandatory coast to coast. Democrats have a narrow majority in the House and a 50-50 Senate, but they want to make themselves the Board of Elections for every county and state in America. That Board of Elections, I mean, that's true. He, he's absolutely right. What happened to local control, little platoons, if you will? Yeah, well, you know the expression about a blind squirrel, uh, even a swamp creature once in a while uh, can be on the right side of an issue. I can with Donald in this case. He, he actually laid it out really well. I mean, that's exactly what they're trying to do here. And uh, man, I mean, you know, he did well with judges under Trump. Uh, I'm hoping that he can uh, deliver a victory for us on this HR1. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, so, but just, we got 30 seconds or so, but there sounds like there's a con potential constitutional fight coming up, though, on HR1. If it ever gets, uh, do you see, see this going through the courts? I mean, if it ever got passed, it's going to be challenged big time constitutionally. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think the states are going to have to push back on this. The first way they push back is they're going to have to separate their state elections from federal elections because the Constitution only gives Congress a say in the federal elections. So that's your U.S. Senator and U.S. House members. And if the states don't want to have their entire process corrupted, they're going to have to have two different elections. The second way to push back is a convention of states to have an amendment striking that par- or that line that I was talking about earlier, taking away federal power completely on how these elections will take place in the state. So those are the two ways that the states are gonna have to push back immediately. All right, Rick Green, founder of PatriotAcademy.com. I really appreciate you here. Thanks so much, as always. Thanks, Dave. All right, you're the best. Uh, Yeah, he's right. And that convention of states, uh, very difficult, uh, and obviously not impossible. Uh, The founders put it into the Constitution for a reason. It's there, uh, but it requires a lot of hard work by a lot of folks at the local uh, state level, for sure. So we'll see and monitor that as we uh, go along. Back in a moment with the Liz Cheney last sip. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Time for the last sip. Look, Liz Cheney. Okay, we know she's gone. But let me say a couple things about Liz Cheney. Uh, Number one, if I could write a Dear Liz letter. Dear John. Dear Liz, comma. uh, You're spending way too much energy on this whole Donald Trump and the big lie and the photo fraud. I know the mainstream media, the liberal media, they're they're with you on this. Here's the problem. Your energy, Liz, and the reason you're out of a job in leadership, Liz, is because you're not spending enough energy on election integrity, enforcing an election integrity. In other words, those legislators uh, that didn't do their job in 2020, let's let's remember what happened here, okay? Forget about all the voter fraud and the election. Forget about that that for a moment. Let's go on the front side of this, okay? You had unelected, many of them, not all of them, bureaucrats, specifically uh, trying to change election laws. They did it. They used COVID as the mechanism and they went ahead and did it. That's unconstitutional. What you need to do is go through the legislature. Why is your energy not focused in on that? Anyhow, here was Liz Cheney on the the, uh, floor the night before she got ousted. The Electoral College has voted. More than 60 state and federal courts, including multiple judges the former president appointed, have rejected his claims. The Trump Department of Justice investigated the former president's claims of widespread fraud and found no evidence to support them. The election is over. That is the rule of law. That is our constitutional process. Those who refuse to accept the rulings of our courts are at war with the Constitution. Our duty is clear. Every one of us who has sworn the oath must act to prevent the unraveling of our democracy. This is not about policy. This is not about partisanship. This is about our duty as Americans. Remaining silent and ignoring the lie emboldens the liar. I will not participate in that. I will not sit back and watch in silence while others lead our party down a path that abandons the rule of law and joins the former president's crusade to undermine our democracy. And with that, she was banned to the wilderness 
Goodbye, Liz Cheney. Grab the walking stick. Grab the mask. Fauci would want you to have the mask and head out into the GOP wilderness because that's where you're going to be, either there or in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, having a hamburger or something. I don't know. You're done in the Republican Party. It's been a pleasure. Back in a moment. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. All right, uh, Lauren Bobert on the show earlier. Uh, she was great, by the way. Uh, and now, uh, Anna Perez, Real America's Voice correspondent. And she's great. How's that? Thank You're you. great. Thank I you. mean that. <laughs> well, dead silence. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, you bet. All right, um, so the border. The border. Yeah, what's happening at the border? Biden's on top of it, right? Oh, as always. <laughs> I wish we just call this the border report, this segment. Uh, but, the um, border. Can we, Madison, <laughs> can we get a graphic? The border report. Okay, with Anna Perez. There's just so much that's happening right, right now at the border. You know? And of course, Biden's not doing anything about it. Kamala Harris certainly isn't doing anything about it, even though that's kind of her yeah. area of expertise, so to speak. She's on virtual calls every day. Yeah, I, she must be. Good for her. <laughs> Working from home. <laughs> Working from home. Yeah, she um, commutes in. Go ahead. Well, that would be nice, actually, if she at least did that. But actually, there was a record number of illegal aliens that just tried to cross the border this past month, over 178,000. This is the highest number we've seen since the early 2000s. Mm. Uh, The good news is, however, that there's a a 9% decrease of children crossing alone. That's good. um, That just came from March, which they had a much higher number. So Mm. that's good. Mm -hmm. But of course, I think that this indicates, you know, after the 20 GOP senators, Mm. uh, sorry, governors, sent Mm. a letter to the Biden administration, essentially saying like, hey, this is something we need to fix. We need to do something about this. This is ridiculous that we're not, you know, taking care of this terrible Mm. problem, this terrible surge of migrants. Mm. Um, I think it's much deeper than that. I think it's the Mm. way that the mainstream media has covered this. I think they've done an awful job of being honest with, you know, not only the American people, but the migrants who assume that because Biden's in charge that they can just walk right into America and become mm-hmm. citizens. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a really good point because, the, you know, we always talk about the Biden rhetoric to say come to America. Well, the media's doing the exact same thing. Yes. I mean, they're basically saying, you know, you know, Statue of Liberty and, you know, this whole thing about, you know, just come on in. We're a nation of immigrants. Yeah, we're a nation of legal immigrants. Anyhow, don't get me started on but that. But then you, you know, you look at the way they covered it when Trump was in charge, you know, <laughs> and it's just, it's almost like they're trying so hard to make it sound like everything's under under control because Biden's president, mm-hmm. and it just goes to show, you know, they're really just, you know, PR firms for the Biden administration at this point, especially on this topic. Yeah, no, I think that's actually a really good way that you said it. A PR, uh, what'd you call it? A PR what? PR firm. PR firm. Let me write that down. Can I? Can I take that? Can I you use can that take line? That. You could take that. Anytime. Really? You're not going to charge me. <laughs> 
I'm not the, I'm not, I didn't come up with that, so, you know, oh, okay. I'm not the first to use it, I guess. Well, that's actually going to be very good. All right, uh, Anna, thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, tomorrow on the show, I wish I could tell you it was on the show. Look, you know we are working around the clock to get great guests. Uh, we have Lauren Bobert on today. Uh, who's on next week? Are we trying to get Rick Perry back on? Anyhow, uh, Pastor Brian Gibson is on tomorrow, but we have a lot more. We'll see you tomorrow.